You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, we're reading Igret Moshe, Yeridea, Perek Bet, Simen, Chav Zayin. This Ksuvah is dated Yud Zayin Adar, Tafshin, Tav Gimel, 5723, um, and is addressed to Rav of uh, the Agonav Bezdin of Albany. So here's what Rav Moshe says. In the matter of gelatin, which is made from um, skins of kosher animals, which have also been salted, meaning that we've solved all the problems. If this were meat, it would be kosher. And now the question is, um, but is meat? Can you put it uh, together with milk? Not in the, right, We're not talking about cheese making, which we'll see in a moment. We're talking about stomach linings as opposed to skin. This is Straight skin. Uh, Rav Moshe assumes that gelatin is made out of skin. Um, if you look at Wikipedia, gelatin seems to be made of things other than skin, and among other things. And it's a fair issue whether this shiva is affected by the assumption that we're dealing specifically with skin. Because Rav Moshe says that, right, so the question is whether whether you can treat it as parv, it's kosher, but can you also treat it as parv? So Rav Moshe says he's already explained in Igrid Moshe uh, Simon Lama. Uh, um, that so Moshe already explained that he believes that the Torah excludes skin from the category of meat, even if the skin um, is, um, is, is, right, is is moist, meaning presumably that something from it can get into any kind of mixture if you um, if you cook it or engage in other modes of transfer. Nonetheless, Rav Moshe says that you can treat it as parv because the Torah doesn't consider it meat. However, he says, even though he already explained that that is his position, that's only his position in theory, because he found a prima gadim who says, And the prima gadim held that there is an isra drabanan of skin and of skin and milk, and Rav Moshe in practice is not going to rule against the, uh, against the prima gadim. However, he said, I wrote that if you're dealing with skin that has been completely dried out, so that there's no possibility of transferring uh, of transferring um, any taste, and he thinks that there, the Ramah and the and the Huda, um, each think that there um, that even if you're dealing with um, with stomach lining, right, which is you know unquestionably. Case right on, um, considered meat that you're that if it's completely dried out you can even cook it together with milk and it's not going to create it's not going to create a prohibition. So therefore he says um, if that's true about stomach lining then obviously it's true of regular skin and therefore if it is totally dried out you don't have to you don't have to worry about the prima gutting, and you can treat it as um, as completely part. Okay, so now the question is, however, um, is the skin that um, is turned into gelatin considered to be completely dried out, um, dried out or not? And for now, Rav Moshe does not engage in the fancy discussion. He's not interested in the question of whether the skin is transformed in such a way that um, that the gelatin is no longer related to the skin. He's not interested in the question of whether the process of Turning skin into gelatin uh, in that process that it's removed from the category of food entirely. Um, right. So none of those, none of those are his issues. Right. He's assuming that we're just taking 
We're taking the skin and we're turning it into uh, we're turning it into gelatin. And at the time, he doesn't assume the skeleton, the, the gelatin has been completely uh, has been completely desiccated. But he says the grounds that he's given us so far is that since the prima since really he thinks that skin per se is never meat, and it's only the prima who says that skin is considered meat jirabanan. So therefore, he says, if you can add, right, so since the prima is controversial, so what you have here is a suffix jirabanan. So if you can add another suffix, you can add an, another doubt, um, then, right, as to whether there's any prohibition here, then it should be okay. So in the case we dealt with so far, where it's totally desiccated, he thinks there's not even a doubt. That's just, uh, that's just permitted. But he says, v'chein nira b'chol suffix sh'yiyah, but he says, if there's any other doubt that arises as to whether this uh, whether this this particular skin product um, should be a problem in terms of kashrut, when uh, in terms of meat and milk, you're allowed to you'll be lenient anytime there's another doubt. So what's the doubt here? So he says, even though he says you what, what you wrote is that you've heard that gelatin has no effect on flavor, meaning that gelatin is the equivalent of a completely desiccated skin, but you don't know that for sure. So he says, you know, what you heard is not the kind of certainty that allows us halakhically to, um, to violate what would be a definite prohibition, even if that prohibition is only jarbanan. But here there isn't a definite prohibition. Here, there's only the pr- a suffix prohibition because maybe the prima garden is right and maybe not. Uh, so therefore, he says, But skin, which he thinks is more likely not a problem of meat and milk, but maybe, uh, right, he doesn't tell us what the standard for maybe is in terms of halakhic disputes, right? In terms of Factual disputes, you can talk about Mir Hamatzai versus Chotash, whether that same kind of standard, whether you can assign percentages to, uh, or the equivalent of percentages to the odds of a particular halachic decision being correct or not, is not clear. So, but he thinks the Prima Gadim has a less than 50% chance of being correct that uh, skin creates a milky meat problem, and therefore it's at least a, um, at least we already have um, one. Um, one suffix Jirabaran, and in fact, he thinks Maker and Dina already could be Mutter, but he can't. He's Koshesh to a Primagadim. Again, right? The same. You see how that language interrelates. Uh, interrelates. However, he says, um, since skin, right, since skin is more likely not that way, it's just a little bit of a suffix. So therefore, he says, you know what? Since A, it's only a suffix Jirabaran in the first place, and now there's a suffix whether even according to the Prima Gunn this is an issue because maybe gelatin doesn't have give any flavor at all, so that should be perfectly mutter. But he says, Achmitamze, but if that's our rationale, Ulay Yesh Levara Bikimas Ez Anashim Bimine Heter, Ima Gelatin Udavar no Sintam. He says, you know, but if that's really the, the, the doubt, the doubt is whether gelatin gives flavor, so why do we have to, why, why don't we just create a product which is carved? Uh, and put kosher gelatin in it, and let's have people taste it, and see if the gelatin gives flavor or not. And he says, 
Kevan she'eskelivar. He's going to say, right, this is a stronger statement I think than he said previously. He's going to say, he says that for the purpose of deciding whether we have a suffix here or not, the answer is that if there's evidence available and you're not looking at the, you're not getting the available evidence. Now, this doesn't seem to be quite like looking away. Here, it's, you know, it's quite a product, it's quite a production. You have to, um, you have to produce the product. You have to get people to taste it. Nonetheless, he doesn't seem to consider that a tirfa. Uh, maybe he doesn't consider it a tirfa because it's a one shot, right? You're, um, right, all you have to do is get people to taste it once, and then it, and then it becomes committed. The whole product becomes committed forever. So that's a, a very low effort to result, um, result rate here. So he says that it seems to him that maybe then, right, maybe then you can't, at least for these purposes, right, that what we're trying to do is create a fake fake, right? It's, a suffix on a suffix drabanan, a suffix really on a not even suffix drabanan. He says, well, a suffix perhaps is a more, is a formal category. You have to create a suffix. And it's not called a suffix when you can find out. That is very strong language, right? If we really held that, right? So then lots of other halachas, uh, right? It's not, it's not a suffix, so what is it? Is it a vada in the other way? That's pretty strong language. Um, and uh, we have to figure out how... How right? How strongly he means this that when you ha- when you can investigate, again it says bother you don't have to investigate, but when you can investigate, um, although again it's not clear here that it's just a case of trust, we have to right, figure what does he mean? Right? What is it, under what circumstances would he go so far as to say that if there's evidence available, even though you are in doubt for halakhic purposes, you are not in doubt. Halakhic purposes, you have to assume you have to assume the worst case scenario. Um, now another issue is that even if once we, we accept that there are circumstances where he uh, where he makes this claim that the existence of a doubt in your mind which is resolvable is not a halakhic doubt, so why does he say Why does he say maybe you have to do this? Right, if that's the case, then certainly you should have to do it. Uh, so it could be that he's uh, you know so that this entire principle might be going too far for him. Uh, especially since here you really didn't need the second suffix in the first place because he thinks it's right, there's no problem of him at all generally so to set standards for the second suffix to create a fake fake it might be too much but it's also possible that uh, you know Ashkenazim generally are less reliant on um, right, we generally rely on Shishim as opposed to as opposed to taste to determine whether something is Gives flavor generally. So here, um, maybe right, even for these purposes, it might be he thinks that to require Ashkenazim to engage in a verification procedure when halakhically we're not comfortable with the reliability of that verification procedure, uh, especially in this case, right? That means it's combined with the, especially in this case where he, he might think that you don't need a real second, like, he seems to state that in. You don't need a second suffix at all. Uh, maybe that would be going too far for him um, to say you, know, you definitely have to check, and that's why he says maybe there's a requirement of a second suffix. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.